With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Hi, this is Fallon. Welcome to Right Person, Wrong Time podcast. You know, I have so many emails to get into, but let me just tell you about my week, okay? I went to get pet photos. Now, this may sound interesting, but like, um, a lot of people reach out on Instagram sometimes and they'll be like, hey, can I do pictures of you and your family uh, or you and your pets or whatever? And realistically, I know it's kind of an unspoken, like, hey, and then you'll post about it and people will see my you know, nay, but they always are really kind. And they're always like, you don't have to post anything. Well, of course, I'm going to because that's like a a great trade off. But I'm not going to like pretend that I didn't get the these pet photos for free. Okay, so I want to be upfront like that. So this girl named Brie, so incredibly kind messages me. And, you know, I, I was like, okay, let me check it out. So I go to her page and she has the cutest pet photos. And what really got me is my dog, Elliot, she's 16 years old. You know, she's getting older and I want some good photos of her. I have plenty. She's adorable, but she's getting older. So anyway, I was like, let's do this. So (laughs) Elliot, as she's getting older, she has her quirks. First of all, all dogs, cats, all the animals of the world, they have their quirks anyway. But Elliot, now that she's getting older, she has like incontinence. So she just leaks everywhere. Just... At least it isn't cat pee. That's what I keep telling myself. And then now this is TMI. Jake, my husband, swears that poop just falls out of her butt. He just, he just says he just, she doesn't even know what's happening. It'll just fall out. And she goes outside. Like she still will come to us, let us know she has to go to the bathroom. It's just that accidents happen. We don't get mad. She's old. It's whatever. But I load the dogs in the car to go get these professional photos on Sunday. I go into Starbucks, grab a coffee, come back out, get in the car, shut the door. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it smells like poop. And I, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're in the back seat. They're, one of them pooped. They're, you know, dogs don't, don't know any better. They're stepping in it. They're probably getting covered in poop right before these photos. I jump out. I open the back door. I, I'm like, you know, I'm a hound dog myself at this point, sniffing out the poop. And it's in the floorboard. So she had jumped in the floorboard. It was not on them. She had jumped in the floorboard and pooped on my daughter's winter coat. So <laughs> that was just, oh man. And it's just the joys of having an older pet. I'm just so thankful she's still here. And then we went and did the photos and she's, you know, doesn't hear as well, doesn't see as well. So that was an experience. And then Dolly, which we call Big Beef, she's my golden doodle. She's younger, but she is, Elliot, I'll put it this way. Elliot has always been really intelligent and like knows commands and Dolly does not. So I kept, <laughs> I would try to give, Dolly's food driven. So it held up a treat and she would sit, but she would sit with her back to the camera. So I would like kind of hold the treat in the air and kind of turn it around her head thinking she'd turn around. No. So every few seconds, I would have to literally physically adjust her full body, shift her around so she was facing the camera and then she'd just lay down. And then if I walked away, she would chase after me and then I would do it all over again. 
Anyway, I got the first preview of the pictures. They're so cute. I can't wait to get all of them. And then I I am going to share her on my Instagram because they are so good. And I promise you that I have had things in the past. And if I don't like it, I do not share it. That's like Jake and I, for a while, we did a food account on Instagram. And the thing was, is like, we would like, our bit was we would write funny puns about the food and we were not paid to post for food. Sometimes we did get free food, but not always. Most of the time we actually paid for it. And then I actually made us feel like, you know, more honest because if we didn't like the food, we didn't post the restaurant, you know, or it was a bad experience. It was like, I'm not recommending this. So anyway, that's like, how I learned a long time ago in radio, you got to like what you're pushing because I, when I first started out, when we do like endorsements, a lot of the time you can get, you get extra money, right? For endorsing a product. When you're first starting out in radio or any career, you aren't making a ton of money. So you're like, oh, extra money. And I remember one time in Indiana just doing, I can't remember what it was now, but I remember doing something I wasn't overly proud of. And I was like, ah, but you realize people are trusting you. You know what I mean? They're taking your word for it. And they're spending their hard-earned money based on your recommendation. That's a lot of pressure. So I learned very early on, I'm not going to do something just because I'm getting paid for it. I, I, I say no a lot. I get offered endorsements a lot, and I say no. And that is not the best thing with a company who's trying to make money. It's kind of frustrating for them. But they also, I think, respect it. And that anyway, all that's to say it's important. There are some things clearly I have not completely tried. Like I endorsed a few years ago, like some apartments, for instance. I owned a house. I obviously wasn't living in those apartments. So I went over, I did the tour. And I know that doesn't tell you everything about a place, but I did do the tour because I'm like, I'm not going to recommend people living somewhere awful. Location was good. The apartments look great. Anyway, I didn't get, and, and I can also tell really quickly if I endorse something and people are like, ah, that's terrible. They let you know quick. Um, and luckily I don't have that happen. So uh, this was just basically a very long story about how my dog crapped in my car. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I uh, did this thing this uh, a few weeks ago called the, uh, you made it, even if you don't live in Minnesota, most cities have like a parade of homes and it's like where you go around, you can look at people's homes and it's usually to show off the builders, contractors, their work. And um, they asked if I would, you know, do like a cover story. I was like, hey, yeah, sure. Uh, as long as I could approve the photos. That's what I said, because I've done this another look at behind the curtain. I've done things in the past and I was too afraid to say anything or ask for final approval. And then I, I didn't like the picture and I was kind of embarrassed about the picture. And so now I just ask for it and they're always like, yeah, sure. And it's I always like it. You know what I mean? It's so rare that I'm going like, I hate that picture. So I got to be on the cover of this magazine this week, which is so cool. And but the, the, here's the thing. I go back and forth in my head. I'm like, do I look lame? Like, is it look, you know what I mean? Like, does it look braggy to like hold this pic, like this magazine, like really proud and post it on social media, which I did because clearly I was like, I'm doing this. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, guys. Just tell me, is that lame to do? I mean, I already did it. It's too late either way. Um, but it's just been a chaotic time. I mentioned that last week and we've been very busy. And then <laughs> I went upstairs and our bathroom, I have clothes 
everywhere. And Jake goes, you know, you're getting real fast and loose with some things lately that you would rip me over. And I was like, you are not wrong, sir. You are. And now I almost feel like I'm doing it just to be extra annoying to him because when he walks in, I'll have like three more things on the floor. and I can just hear him laugh. But I think after I record this, I'm going to go upstairs and actually clean that. Um, I've been trying to avoid um, thinking about my choices I've made the past two days because I'm trying to eat healthier. And let me just tell you, that is not happening. I went to Trader Joe's. I bought their like pre-made little cookie things. Um, Kept them in the fridge for weekly. I'm not going to eat these. Not going to eat these. Jake ordered Girl Scout cookies. I said, hide those or I'll eat them. He told me he's been acting like like out of control, sneaking them, like turning his camera off in work meetings to eat them like a raccoon. I say raccoon as a joke. I know it's a raccoon in a trash can. And so I made these cookies from Trader Joe's. They're the best pre-made like, where they're literally already in the ball, you know, best pre-made cookies I've ever had. Sorry, a Tole House or Toll House, as you might say. And I ate the majority of them yesterday in one sitting. Like the only ones I didn't eat were like the handful I let Jake eat. And then today I'm already on like a aggressive amount of calories to start my day. So how's your week going? <laughs> you know, I like I, I'll put like, here's the time when I, you know, start reading emails. We are officially nearly nine minutes in and here we go. Okay, let's just do it. Let's start reading some emails. Okay, let's start in. We met in college at Winona State in 2010, and we were both education majors. And when we met in one of our classes, we had an instant connection. We had two classes together, back to back, and we started walking to both classes together, getting together to work on homework and eventually dating. It was short-lived, a few months, and eventually he called it quits. I think it was probably starting to get too serious for him. I was absolutely heartbroken, and for the remaining year and a half that we had college classes together, I avoided him as much as I could and hated when I had to be around him. Jump ahead to 2013. He had just graduated and was headed to Arizona for his first teaching job. We reconnected over Facebook Messenger that summer and slowly started talking again. When the school year started and he moved to Arizona, I was still living and teaching in Minnesota, we kept talking. Eventually, we moved from Facebook Messenger to texting, then to talking on the phone, and eventually Skyping almost every day. It quickly became a long-distance relationship, and while he wasn't my boyfriend, we did have conversations about having feelings for each other and not dating anyone else. This continued all school year until March when I went to visit him for a few days over my spring break. I knew he had plans to move back to Minnesota when the school year was over. So on my last night there, I finally asked, what are we? And he didn't really have an answer. He didn't want to be tied down to a girlfriend at the time since he didn't know what the future held for him regarding a job. And when I got on the plane to go home the next day, I knew it was over between us. I cried the entire flight home. I can remember standing in the security line at the airport. A security guard was being so nice and asking how my day was, and I just was trying to fight back tears. Needless to say, we had a phone call a couple of days later, and he officially ended things. I was absolutely heartbroken. There was just something about him that was so special to me, so comfortable, and it took me a very long time to get over it. But eventually, my heart healed. The fall 2014, I started going on some dates again. Nothing ever got serious with anyone, but I had forgotten about him as much as I could and was moving on with my life. I never thought I would see him again. In spring of 2015, one year after the Arizona disaster breakup, he reached out to me. It was March, the time of my spring break, and he said what happened a year ago had been on his mind a lot. He apologized for how things ended, and I thanked him. I thought that was it. 
but two of my male coworkers insisted he definitely wanted to get back together. Sure enough, a couple more weeks passed and he texted again. He couldn't stop thinking about me and wondered if I would grab coffee with him. I called all my friends for advice, cried, talked to my mom, and said no. But a couple more weeks passed, and now I was the one who couldn't stop thinking about him. So we reconnected on Snapchat and started texting, and finally I said, okay, let's go grab a beer. It was about mid-May at this point. We went to a brewery, and believe me, I asked the hard questions. Why are you back? What changed? Why did you end things? Have you dated in the past year? He answered all my questions, dropped me off back at my house, and the rest is history. I knew before we even went on that date, I was either going to marry him or he would hurt me worse than I'd ever been hurt before. Lucky for me, we're married. I definitely took him a, it definitely took him a bit longer to realize that we would get married, but I knew it would happen the day he finally asked me to be his girlfriend that fall. We got engaged in January of 2018 and married in 2019. Our first son was born this past April. Once we're back together, I never held the breakup over his head. Did tough, hurt feelings come up sometimes? Yeah. And the recurring nightmare I have where he's broken up with me, left, and I don't have his phone number to call him will probably never go away for as long as I live. But like I said in my wedding vows, my heart has always felt at home with him. Timing is everything, and I'm so incredibly lucky that it all eventually worked out for us because I'm pretty sure there is nobody in this world who can love me and our son the way he does. Thanks for reading my love story. I feel like I got to dig through here and like look for some heartbroken ones, right? Okay. I was with this guy for about three years. We met on a stupid dating app, (laughs) thought he was a great guy and someone I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. We really had a strong, loving connection. I found out he was living a double life last year and it was one of the hardest things to go through. It broke me. He was with her for about four years on and off. They had a bad, toxic relationship. It's sad because there were children involved. We're both single mothers, and he was involved with the children. She lives close by me, so how great for him. He would work a mixed schedule but never notice the red flags. I'm far from stupid. His other person found out about me and blew me up on Facebook, harassing me with her and her friends, calling me names, a homewrecker. It was a complete shock and nightmare because of what we have had and grown. It was the biggest heartbreak I've ever experienced. I confronted him in person and he admitted to it. We had our up and down moments, but wasn't expecting this. I let him back in my life five months ago. I know I'm stupid because it was over with them. She found out we were seeing each other again. I don't know how, but she showed up at my house and had a total breakdown. She's very toxic and a disgusting human. She still sends me harassing messages this day from random numbers through a texting app. I ended it with him a month ago because everything really hit me and I realized I deserve so much better. Women need to be careful because you think you know the one you love and care about when they can be hiding something so hurtful. I am so sorry. I know you like are, it sounds like you're being hard on yourself because you said, you know, I took him back. I'm so stupid. And then you realized he is not the person for you. And I, I believe you when you say you're far from stupid. I, I can honestly say, I've met people that are immature. I've met people that have made mistakes. I've been immature. I've made mistakes. Haven't met a lot of people I would actually call stupid. I think that very intelligent men and women take people back because we, you know, we work based off of our hearts sometimes instead of our brains and that's okay. And ah, most of us eventually learn from it, but it is not easy. All right. 
Can I just tell you, I've been getting paranoid because I'm pre-reading these emails and I'm like, did I already do this email? Because I read them when I receive them. Then I haven't gotten to some of them in like a couple of months. So now I'm doing, I'm like, did this, was this already on an episode? So anyway, (laughs) this sounds so unprofessional. I just went back and listened to clips of the past couple of episodes to make sure. So let's dive in. I met, uh, I feel like I don't know if people want me to use names or not. So let's just not. I met him back in 2009 when I just moved here to the cities. We worked together at Don Pablo's RIP. He approached me after a few shifts while I was in the tortilla stand and laid his first move, connecting the dots that we both had culinary school culinary school in common. He was in a tumultuous relationship and I was not interested. Eventually, they split. He asked and I said yes to our first date. It was fun. He was hooked and so was I. Fast forward six to seven months, I moved in while I was in transition of places to stay. It didn't last long. We broke up. But because of mutual friends, we saw each other often, eventually getting back together and moving into a new apartment together. We lived our best life over in Northeast Minneapolis, being foodies, childless, working in our chosen careers. After about a year, he freaked. He moved out. And three months later, I got wind from some mutual friends that he got a girl pregnant. He was dedicated to his baby and trying to make it work with his new family. I was still living my best life, but dating sucked. Once the baby was about nine months old, one of our mutual friends needed serious help. And of course, both him and I jumped into action and we had our first contact with each other in almost two years. He told me he was not with his baby mama, that they were not good together. They were in it for the baby and support as new parents. After a few months, I met the baby and fell in love. And a year after that, we were house hunting and I was buying my first home. I invited him and his baby to move in, and we have been together ever since. Now baby, eight years old, is living with us full-time since day one, and we have two other kids together and have been married for three years. Who would have known 12 years ago that we would be where we are today? He is my best friend, the biggest pain in my ass, the love of my life, and my number one support. Thanks for listening to my summed-up love story. I love it. Don Pablo's. Oh, working that tortilla stand? I bet you smelled awful when you left you thought I was gonna say great because when you're in there smells great but you know that scent when you go out a restaurant you're like buy something fried and then you leave and it's like on your shirt all day that stuff gets in your hair follicles (laughs) oh all right next email okay this one I'm gonna jump in with um there's a little bit of a trigger warning My son's dad and I broke up the first time when he couldn't get his drinking under control. It got so bad he would black out. Then he said that he got under control and dumb me at the time wanted to work things out for our son. Of course, like most, he went back to his old ways and then it was worse. He would drink every night and then I found out he was cheating on me with the neighbor. The cheating happened over the course of a month or so. I first noticed him leaving for quote-unquote work earlier than usual and starting to park in the back of our apartment building where it's out of view of my apartment. One morning, I noticed the neighbor coming around to go back to her apartment, and then he leaves, red flag number one. Soon after that, he was going in the other room to be on his phone and would start fights with me over the stupidest things like the place wasn't clean by the time he got home or I decided not to cook one night, red flag number two. Finally, I had enough and asked him for his phone so I could look at it. I grabbed the phone from him, and that was when I ran into the master bedroom. He followed me in there to get his phone back, and that's when he swung back at my face and broke my nose and knocked out a tooth. At that point, I had to make the hardest thing of my life, and I ran from this monster. Thanks for the help of my work, 
my family and family services and Tubman Center helped me get a harassment order in place. And today I'm a very happy person that has an apartment of my very own besides my children. It took me living with my parents for about eight months to get to this point. I'm very proud that I got the courage to walk away when I did. And as for my son's dad, he walked away, but with nothing. He does not know where I live, and I have a harassment order in place until March of 2025. I have my son 100%. He has no rights to see his son. The best way to describe what I went through is to watch Made on Netflix. I started to watch it, and I had to stop watching because it hit home with me. Thank you for listening to me. I'm, I'm happy to talk with anyone if they just need someone to talk to. Sometimes it helps to just cry, talk, laugh, and scream. I'm not licensed at all, but I've been through it, and I've gotten out on a positive side. Wow. that's I'm so, so happy for you. That's amazing. And um, in case you don't know, the Tubman Center is an amazing organization to help women, and I believe men too, but... um with domestic abuse situations and other things. So Tubman Center is definitely one that I wanted to bring attention to. Here's a little gist of my story. Next email. When I was 26, I'd been divorced after three and a half years of marriage and was not in a place where I wanted to date. A coworker of mine downloaded Bumble on my phone without me knowing. I didn't realize until I got home when I was getting messages on Instagram from guys who found me on Bumble. I found the app and was super irritated but explored it a bit. I swiped left on everyone but froze when I saw Patrick. Hmm. I can see all of his back muscles in that picture. I thought I could go for that. We chatted over the app, then scheduled a phone call. The call lasted two and a half hours and went very well. We connected over a lot and he seemed very legit. But right when we hung up, I panicked thinking about how I'd have to admit that I'm a 26-year-old divorcee and I'm terrified of dating. I deleted the app and we didn't keep talking after that. Four months later, I downloaded the app on my own accord and Patrick and I matched again. Again, I freaked out and deleted the app a second time. Six months later, after time to myself and some therapy, I downloaded Hinge. There he was again. This is where he reached out and initiated a conversation and we scheduled a date to get dessert. The date flowed so naturally. I slipped on ice walking to our car. I stumbled over my words, trying to shake it off. We laughed and the third date was the closest to falling in love I'd felt so early on. Things and interests I never thought I'd get to share with someone ended up colliding like puzzle pieces. In exclusively dating, I was brought to tears many times simply by me being treated so well. I've never experienced such peace and stability in a relationship before. My past relationship was chaos in comparison. Ten months in, we got engaged, and two months later, we got married on March 27th, the day of the Minneapolis shutdown. The wedding date had to be changed from the 28th to the 27th with four days' notice, and despite completely losing limit original wedding plan, I wouldn't change a thing. We wanted a marriage, not a wedding. We've been married almost three years now and have 14-month-old twins and have the best life. Through everything, we are teammates, partners, and best friends. Our relationship feels like redemption for every awful experience in the past. This one's just a fun one that I am going to end on. Says, in 2018, my friend and I were having lunch in Minneapolis and we saw a cute guy ride past us on his bike. He caught my eye and my friend's eye. I wasn't in a place to start a relationship mentally, so I wasn't going to pursue him, but my friend was certainly interested. After seeing him, she said, oh, he's cute. I'm going to go get his number. So we got in the car and drove after him. Well, we all stopped for about five minutes and they exchanged numbers and they talked for a few days, but they never went on a date. Two years later, I matched with someone on Tinder and the night before our first date, I realized he was the same guy from two years ago. I messaged him and told him 
We'd met before. We still went on our first date and we just got married in November. I feel like I'm going to call this episode the guy on a bike. So anyway, that was fun. Um, feel free to send those emails in. I have, I have trust me, a plenty of emails right now. Um, and I'm going to leave you, of course, like always with a little preview of next week's episode. But thank you so much for listening. I got an email. I, I know I told you like a few weeks ago, oh, this is the whatever podcast. But I got an email from iHeart saying that here in Minneapolis, four podcasts are in the top 20 podcasts for iHeart in the country. And one was from, or two of those were from sister stations in our building. And one was our Minnesota Goodbye podcast, which is our after the show podcast we do for the morning show I do. And the fourth one was this one. So yet again, I just feel like I really owe you such a huge thank you. So thank you so much for listening to Right Person, Wrong Time and recommending it and downloading it. And here is a little preview of what we'll hear next week. Yeah, I know some people are going to just right, be, right away be like, you know, oh my gosh, you interrupted this marriage. And it, I, I get it. I get it. Totally get it. But I know my side of the story. I know that I tried to advocate for him. I tried to push him into going to therapy with his wife. I said, no, go stay with her, be with her, do the therapy, do this or that, you know. But I know there'll still be the people out there that are like, how dare she? With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.